Welcome once again to Lato's Law. Here's Steve Lato. Had a whole ton of people send me this story. Uh, the Kansas Highway Patrol's two-step tactic tramples motorist rights, a judge rules. The old Highway Patrol two-step. <laughs> John Hanna wrote this for the Associated Press. And the tactic is known as the Kansas two-step. That's been used by the state Highway Patrol there for years to detain out-of-state motorists long enough to find a reason to search the vehicles for anything they might want to look for. And, of course, they can't just search any vehicle that comes by. They need a good reason to do it. So they'll sometimes prolong the traffic stops to try to find reasons to search the vehicles. And a federal judge just declared this tactic is, in fact, unconstitutional. Senior U.S. District Judge also notified the patrol that she's ready to impose changes in its policing policies and appoint a special master to audit the work for at least four years. So some people have asked me, they say, Steve, when when the court orders somebody to do something, how does the court know whether the person does it or not? Well, they can drag the people back into court periodically and have them report on what they've been doing, or the court can appoint a special master, and the special master can go and observe and poke around and be, the, uh, in essence, the eyes and ears of the judge. Uh, and it's a federal court, so you don't want to mess with that. The changes would include a requirement that troopers specifically inform motorists they stop that they have the right to reject a search or revoke consent for one at any time when under the two-step patrol officers avoided telling motorists they are free to go. And so what they would often do is they'd pull somebody over for some reason. You know, I, I, I think I saw you weaving in your lane back there or your tire hit the fog line or, uh, you know, something. They pull you over for that. They ask you for the license and registration, the proof of insurance. They do all that. They run it. Nothing comes back. They could write you a ticket for improper lane usage or whatever it is they pulled you over for. But instead, they, uh, they, they think of reasons to prolong the stop. And there have been stories even where the police officer has been walking back like they're going to leave the person. And they come back and go, wait a second. And they, and they start it all over again. And that, of course, is one of the reasons they call this the, uh, the old uh, two-step. So the judge issued a scathing 79-page order in two separate lawsuits filed by the ACLU on behalf of three motorists and two passengers who were traveling in 2017, 18, and 19 from nearby Colorado, which has legalized recreational marijuana use. So they're curious to know if any of these tourists are bringing anything with them. The judge concluded that the patrol targeted motorists traveling along I-70 to or from states that have legalized either medical or recreational use. Kansas has authorized neither. So with the two-step, troopers finish the initial traffic stop by issuing a ticket or a warning. They start to walk away. Then they turn back and begin talking to the motorist again. And under their rationale, that was a different traffic stop. See, they, the first one ended. And when he came back, that's a brand new traffic stop. So that allowed them to keep looking for further grounds, perhaps for a vehicle search, or to buy time to get a drug-sniffing dog there. Because if the police officer's got a drug-sniffing dog in his car when he pulls you over, and then has his dog run around your car, figuratively speaking, well, that doesn't detain you that long. However, if the drug-sniffing dog is two counties over, and they've got to get a call into him, and the dog might not know how to drive there as quickly as possible, uh, you, you may have to stall a little bit. And the courts have ruled that you cannot just extend a traffic stop for just 
indiscriminate amounts of time because you're trying to get the drug-sniffing dog from two counties over. The judge said the patrol waged war on motorists. The war is basically a question of numbers. Stop enough cars, and you're bound to discover drugs. And what's the harm if a few constitutional rights are trampled along the way, she asked rhetorically. Neither the patrol nor Kansas Attorney General uh, responded immediately to text or email messages seeking comment on this. The patrol has defended its tactics as a response to I-70 serving as a major corridor for drug traffickers, a major corridor. The judge listed nearly four pages of restrictions on the patrol's policing that she plans to impose, giving the parties in the lawsuits until August 7th to tell her in writing why she shouldn't. She'll let them object, and then she'll just weigh the objections. Troopers would be required to get a supervisor's approval to conduct a vehicle search, and the patrol would have to keep a log of all such requests and who approved them. Now, this judge said she would require troopers to affirmatively inform motorists of their right to refuse to allow a search of their vehicle. And if you've watched any of these traffic stops, they'll walk up quite often, driver's license, proof of insurance, registration. They'll go back, then they come back up the car, and they go, okay, would you mind if I search your car? And they'll often say that, and many people don't know they can say, no, I don't want you searching my car. It's entirely up to you at that point. You can say no. But they'll phrase it different ways, and they'll try to make it sound like it's just a common thing they do, or perhaps that you don't have a right to say no. She concluded that the troopers are more than happy to exploit motorists' lack of knowledge of their legal rights and pressure drivers to submit to extended detentions so they do not feel free to leave. ACLU of Kansas and other civil rights advocates have argued for years the patrol has subjected out-of-state motorists to searches that violate the Fourth Amendment to the U.S. Constitution, that protects people against unreasonable searches and seizures. This is a huge win for our clients and for anyone else who travels on Kansas highways, says the ACLU of Kansas's legal director in a statement. It also demonstrates that courts will not tolerate the cowboy mentality of policing its subjects or citizens to conditions of humiliation, degradation, and in some tragic cases, violence. Questions about the patrol's tactics became more visible after Colorado legalized recreational marijuana almost a decade ago. Missouri did the same in 2022, and Oklahoma allows the medical use. Only a handful of states don't allow at least medical use. The judge wrote that state traffic laws create a host of possible reasons to stop a motorist initially, but she added that the factors troopers use to justify having a reasonable suspicion about a possible crime, such as a motorist's travel plans, are so ordinary and benign they could apply to thousands of drivers. The judge also noted that troopers are trained to end their initial traffic stop with phrases such as, have a safe trip, take care, or have a good day. But the KHP trains troopers not to inform a motorist that they are free to go. So, have a safe trip. Oh, wait a second. I need to ask you another question. So a couple of things going on here, and one of them is she points out that they would often say, well, they told us they were driving over here, and that sounded suspicious to us, despite the fact that people drive over here all the time. And I remember from law school in the class on criminal procedure where they were talking about people who were flying on airplanes and carrying illicit things on them. And so quite often, DEA agents would be in the terminal watching people get off planes to see if they acted nervously. And then they would often try to justify 
pulling people out of the crowd and searching them and finding things. And one judge gathered up all of the various excuses he had seen on this and put it in an opinion. And he pointed out that one agent said that he thought a person was acting like a a mule because they got off the plane early. See, they want to get off the plane fast to make their getaway. And then another agent said, well, this person got off the plane last, see, because they were hoping that by the time everybody else filled the terminal up, they could sneak through the crowd. Someone else said, well, this person got off the plane in the middle because they knew if they got off at the front or the back, that'd be suspicious. So it doesn't matter where you are in this group of people, you're suspicious. Therefore, the entire group of people is suspicious, which means that it's actually not true. But viewed in isolation, any one of those arguments written really well or explained really well might sound good. See, the traffickers always get off last, okay? Traffickers always get off first. No, no, traffic's all, they always get off in the middle. <laughs> okay, sure, sure they do. So that's one problem. The other problem here is I've seen people arguing about this on the internet, and, and I know it comes as a shock to you, but people argue on the internet. And so one of the things that, that I've seen people argue about is how long can a traffic stop be? And the U.S. Supreme Court has weighed in on this on several occasions, but they have never given a bright line stopwatch. It's exactly this length and one second longer is too long. They've never done that. Now, there have been cases before them where they've talked about the length of the stop, and then the Supreme Court has issued its rulings, but they've never come out and said, yes, and the bright line is this. The case of Rodriguez versus the U.S. is one that's often cited, and there the court wrote that the stop must be temporary and last no longer than is necessary to effectuate the purpose of the stop. So, you're driving down the road, your tire hits the fog line, which is what we call the line on the side of the road between the road and the shoulder and then the ditch, the fog line. Your tire hits the fog line and a police officer pulls you over for that. And I'm using that as an example because I once got pulled over because a police officer claimed that I'd done that. And when he saw that I was sober, and this is around New Year's, he let me go almost immediately. However, pulls you over for that. Okay, well, the purpose of the stop is theoretically that you are doing something improper in your lane. You might be able to get ticketed for that, so it might be that the police officer writes you a ticket. Police officer might walk up to the car, though, to see if perhaps there's a reason that you're not driving appropriately, and by speaking to you, might be able to determine whether or not you are sober as a church mouse or potentially inebriated. But that would still involve simply interacting with you getting your information, running it, coming back, and then writing a ticket or issuing a warning. Now, if the officer walks to the car and goes, uh, you know, I'd like to search your car. Why? Because I hit the fog line with my tire? I'm sorry, I'm not going to let you search my car. No, No, thank you. No, thank you. Okay, well, sit tight. I'm calling in a canine who happens to be a couple counties over, but he'll get here. What does the canine have to do with the purpose of the stop. Because remember, it's the purpose of the stop that started the stop, and the stop can last no longer than is necessary to effectuate the purpose of the stop. Now, it's possible that things could happen during the stop that would change the situation. So let's suppose the police officer walks up to your car, is talking to you, 
and then realizes that in the passenger seat, but hunkered down trying to hide, is somebody on the FBI's top 10 most wanted people, and they are so obviously identifiable that the police officer goes, oh, right there, top 10 list, FBI's most wanted criminals. That person right there. Can the police officer lengthen the stop in that case? Yes, he can, because there's another reason. But that's another reason than what started the stop. So, (laughs) yes, stops do start. Uh, And then they end, or they stop. So there you go. But in Kansas, it was well known. I've heard of this before, and I I heard about this also working its way up through the various court systems over there. And, And apparently, the Kansas Highway Patrol trains their officers to do the stop, try to look for what you can, and if you think you can learn more from the stop, extend it by, in essence, ending the first stop, but starting a second stop and saying that the second stop is distinct and different from the first stop, which it's not because you've been stopped there the whole time and it's they, they're the ones who stopped you. So it's, 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 a, it's, a, it's a lengthened stop. So there you go. Federal judge says, no, can't do that anymore. And tell you what, I'm going to give you a list of uh, bullet points that I'm going to give to you that are going to have you straighten out how you guys behave. And oh, by the way, uh, if I'm not confident that you guys are doing this on your own, I'll appoint a special master who will come in and make sure you guys have done what you are supposed to do under this ruling from this federal court. So from the Associated Press, John Hanna wrote that the Kansas Highway Patrol's two-step tactic tramples motorist rights, a judge rules, and has ruled they have to stop Questions or comments, put them below. Let's talk to you later. Bye-bye. Thank you for watching Leto's Law. Today is the last day of your life so far.